Well, what a difference a week makes. Last week on this podcast, the week in review, we were talking about a wet weekend coming up. Jordan McDonald joins me. My name is Michael Crutcher. Jordan, how did you fare in the big wet? Uh, we got quite wet. Yeah, we our, uh, our building was affected by the rain big time. We were evacuated about two in the morning with some, some water throughout the building, so... Uh, and the nearby streets too, the, lots of cars went under, uh, lots of uh, roads cut off, so plenty plenty happening. So you were woken up to tell you there was a need to get moving? Yeah, we woke up to uh, the building alarm going off and Body Corporate, who lives next door to us, knocking on our door quite aggressively, <laughs> trying to hurry us out. And um, yeah, we woke up to see, you know, our tiles wet and our carpet damp so there was a leak quite a sizable leak actually in the in the top stairwell where our apartment is in the roof and it caved caved in and water was pouring out of it so it was um a weird way to wake up at two in the morning yes i bet you wake up fast too in those times so we're Thinking of everyone who's been affected in the last Absolutely. week and, um, you know, some scenes we haven't seen in Brisbane before. Um, I was editor of the Korea Mail in 2011 when we had the flood and even comparing that one to this time when so many more suburbs were af- affected. You know, the, the Brisbane River and its tributaries really... Mm-hmm. went up in 2011, it was more than that this time. So lots of people... Um, impacted and we we feel for them and it's been an interesting week to look at the language of weather and we've had I guess criticism on the way authorities approached last weekend with Mm -hmm. the warning there's been some stories about that and then today we're sitting here um, with dry streets and no school in southeast Queensland uh, after school was closed yesterday for fear of bad weather. So it's been a week where it's been, I guess, a big talking point, what's happening with different warnings and not. Now, don't want to get into here to trying to look at weather predictions. We know that it's difficult to predict weather, <laughs> um, especially when there's a lot of things at stake. So we don't want to get in, into that. Hindsight's always a, a great thing. But probably want to look at the language around weather because I think that that language has been really interesting. Um, we've spoken before on this podcast about the power of language and how that power is very much underestimated and not even noticed by a lot of people. So we talk about, uh, I guess, examples like... Um, the same-sex marriage debate. It was not often spoken about as same-sex marriage. It was spoken about as marriage equality. Very big difference there when you talk about marriage equality. I mean, who's not against things being equal? It's Mm -hmm. it's an Australian thing. So that language is important, as was in the euthanasia debate. It was never euthanasia. It was voluntary assisted dying. So again, we had this language, which is so important to the way discussions are framed. The language of weather, it just seems to me to have changed so much in recent times. So yesterday we heard about life-threatening storms. Okay, so life-threatening storms. This was said multiple times. 
I heard it again this morning and I've heard it a fair bit in recent times, these life-threatening things. So therefore, it puts you in a situation where if you're going to argue against these things, well, you're arguing against something that's life-threatening. Yeah. Now, we know that's not always the case. We know about supercells when we talk about dangerous storms. They're not mm-hmm. dangerous storms, they're supercells. And I did hear this morning on radio someone say the supercell event that we had uh, feared probably won't happen now like this if you'd said the supercell event 10 15 years ago you'd probably get asked to leave wherever you were <laughs> we hear now about east coast lows these east coast lows which have become a trend in, in recent times mm-hmm. and then we've heard a lot this week about rain bombs rain bombs yeah so a rain bomb so again it, this is this this language and the way that the people who are really good at language can really advance themselves so much in these debates and where they place themselves. So if you are a government or you're an authority in these disaster times, you can make your job a lot easier when you talk about this type of language. So, well, we predicted life-threatening storms and they didn't happen. That's so much different to saying we predicted severe storms. So the language is a new battleground in so many things. And I think this week we've seen the language become a battleground in weather. And we'll continue to see this in other parts of our discussions in life. And the winners in language are the early adopters. And what it needs are people to sit back, identify when language is being used as a very powerful tool and actually question that. And that's not always easy to do. Because some of these things just become part of what we say. Yeah. They become part of our vocabulary. Now, whether life-threatening storms becomes part of our vocab, who knows? But yeah. you can have a shower of rain and someone can run out into a road, slip, fall, and that's a life-threatening shower. So I'm just saying that I just feel as though this week we've seen the real breakout of this language when it comes to weather. It's particularly strong now in a way that I, I haven't seen before. And I don't know what you think, Jordan, and what you've seen on social media about this, but to me it's it's been a real noticeable part of the week. It has been a noticeable part of the week and I couldn't help but think to the COVID pandemic and the language they used there. I mean, on social media, for me, we haven't seen too much of the language but we've certainly seen the consistent weather updates from you know the various sources, like Bomb being the main one there. But for people on on social media that I'm seeing, it's more about the community. People are really getting around the community side of things. Where can I help out? What resources do you need? Uh, who's who's donating food? All those sorts of things. But I did wonder. I have noticed too that the language that they are using in some of these weather. Uh, announcements and how extreme they are um, I think COVID and that language has sort of desensitized us from some of the words so so the impact that maybe you know life-threatening flood it might be you know spoken about with the bunny rabbits on the other side yeah so I, I'm curious you know how that will evolve because you know they still need to have weight the words but if they don't carry the same, you know, do they have yeah. the same impact? That's a really good point. The way that COVID has, um, I guess, shaped the way that we filter these messages. Mm. And so you have to strike that balance of knowing when people need to be alarmed and yeah. like you had getting woken at two in the morning to, you know, 
to get yourself out of a danger zone, you, you have to balance it up between when to get people mobilised for their own safety mm-hmm. and when you are using language as an insurance play in controversial decisions. Mm. So there's a difference here, you're right. So how do you keep people knowing when they need to be prepared and just knowing when you're trying to, I guess, win the argument on some of these things? It's a balance. I just think we'll just keep seeing... And this is nothing new in the sense of language being used in a powerful way. This has been happening forever. I just think we're seeing it now in some different ways in fields that we hadn't really thought about before. But you're right, COVID has shaped the way that we discuss many of these things. And the expertise of this language is to put yourself in a position where if someone argues with you, they have to argue over the top of the way that you framed it. That's Mm -hmm. where the skill lies. And if you want to argue against life-threatening storms, for instance, you're arguing against people being in danger. Yeah. So, you know... Keep an eye on these things. I think these are always fascinating debates to have and things to watch and we'll see where they go from there. Now, another topic this week, and we've spoken about this a little bit in terms of TikTok and the way TikTok has transformed social media in some ways uh, in, in recent times, but there's been another move, Jordan, from TikTok that you are keen to talk about. Just let our listeners know how things have changed. Indeed. So less than a year after TikTok allowed um, allowed to people to upload videos to three minutes in July last year, they've increased it again now for t- to 10 minutes. So the change was seen on all devices about two days ago and, and shared with everyone through a notification in the app. Uh, a spokesperson from TikTok when speaking to TechCrunch, which is a great online blog for all information regarding social media and tech, they said the change came from discussions about new ways to bring value to the TikTok community and enrich the experience. And he went on to say that TikTok hopes the longer format would unleash more creative possibilities for creators. I think it's a fascinating change for a platform that utilised short-form videos yeah. to attract massive audiences. Very short-form, some of the popular ones too. Exactly. But again, it's not surprising because TikTok has been pushing their video length for the last two years. So like I said, in 2020, they made their first extension to 60 seconds, which was up from 15. And then last year, we saw an increase again to three minutes. And then the month after, in August they allowed select users to try with five-minute videos. So there's been these increases yep. over time, yep. a short amount of time too. Um, so what it will mean, I think, for creators is it will allow the creators to create videos that can stand alone rather than tow, video, uh, tow users along, what yep. they have been in the past. So typically you get a 10-minute video broken up into probably four bits yep. in a the toe is to follow for part two or follow for part three. Yeah. Um, I also expect that the quality of the content and the storytelling will improve because creators aren't confined by time as much. Yep. But um, I do see this as TikTok's genuine challenge to YouTube for both user engagement and revenue. So YouTube dominates the long-term video engagement and revenue space, obviously. They actually made 28.8 
billion US <laughs> in revenue last year, which is extraordinary. <laughs> but um, TikTok has had challenges with revenue because videos are shorter. But this ten minute this ten minute uh, allotment of time creates a lot more space for advertising, and TikTok tra- creators can actually monetize that time as well. And that's what we often talk about, isn't it? You've got to follow the money. Exactly. That's the answer to a lot of questions. And this occasion, you're right, how that competes with YouTube and where those audiences go. Mm. And I guess some of those younger audiences are so used to YouTube as it is, and they're also used to TikTok, but maybe obviously in a different way to how they use YouTube. That's exactly right. I'm really interested to see if it keeps people on the TikTok app, and I actually think it will. I'm just not sure where the 10-minute video will sit because the app is so... Well, people are so used to the app with the videos at two, three minutes max. Yeah. A 10-minute video is a is triple the time plus a minute. It's a lot more video. So it's got to keep you going, doesn't it? You know, it? you sift through the feed, it's quick and it's auto-generated for you, tuned to your own interests. A 10-minute video, I'm just not sure where it sits yet. I noticed some of the younger kids who will watch YouTube or watch some of those gamers and watch them playing their own games. Yes. And those videos seem to keep kids in there for a long time. Yeah, that's exactly right. And TikTok must be onto something because they they do have live stream videos as part of TikTok and that can be monetized by creators. And that hasn't decreased their user engagement by any means. So there's definitely a reason for what they're doing. It's just interesting because Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat and YouTube have all gone really hard on creating these short-form video options to compete with TikTok and TikTok's gone right and they've gone left. They're they're doing their own thing. So I'm really interested to see where it will go. Yeah, it moves fast, doesn't it? And it's, um, it's it's a, I guess, having a crystal ball on social media... Uh, would be such a valuable thing because we have these discussions and 12 months later, like you say, they're going left instead of right on Mm -hmm. these things. Another change, which is a really interesting change too, comes to influencers on social media and we know that some influencers have a pretty good business model with Mm -hmm. the audiences they build up and that they can showcase products to. But there's one product now or one product I guess, uh, area where they can no longer do that in Australia. What's happened there? Yeah, so there was a story this week that revealed that the Therapeutic Goods Administration, their their advertising code has been updated and it's going to prevent influencers from receiving payment for posting testimonials of sponsored products or TGA-related products. So the advertising code does apply to all medicines, medical devices, vitamins, supplements and general health products. Those general health products and supplements are sort of the main area that impacts the influences here. So under the new changes, and these actually came into effect January 1st this year, influencers cannot give a testimonial um, relaying their personal opinions or experiences with a TGA-listed product or treatment in return for benefits or payment. What they will be allowed to do, though, is advertise a product for payment or benefit. However, the endorsement must not include any personal testimony or personal opinions. The endorsement must also be labelled as an advertisement in the post. So the TJ was concerned about consumers being exposed to advertising that doesn't 
enable them to make an informed decision about products and I and think this is their first step. You can see why too because some of the influencers would probably spend zero time looking at the credibility of the no. product. comes with uh, freebies or a uh, financial transaction. Um, what does it mean do you think more widely? I think this impacts the influence industry big time um, because personalities and personal experience are the things that help sell these products for the brands and what the brands actually leverage. So without the ability to share those personal experiences, those sponsored posts just become very boring advertisements that will take up space in the newsfeed. And I think they will really annoy consumers. Yeah. Um, there is a, this code, this change to the code also applies to things outside of just immediate social media posts. Like Instagram is the one that springs to mind naturally for most people. But this also applies to things like blogs. Yep. So if you were to write a blog about a product and share your opinion, that's fine. But if you received a free sample or something off the side as part of it, then you, you would fall foul of yes. the new rules. So I can see this causing a pretty significant shift in the way influencers and brands organise their sponsorship arrangements now because there is still value in having influencers post about your brand, but without any personal sentiment attached to it, will the brand still be willing to give up the big money? Yeah, I don't know. Another classic example too, we speak about this a fair bit of the way that uh, regulators or lawmakers catch up with things that move in the digital world mm -hmm. so long after they're a, an issue. So, I mean, and you have to feel for those regulators because this world moves so fast and by the time they jump onto something like this, which has taken a while, there's something else they've got to go and get on it's a bit of a bit of a whack-a-mole type thing there's another head that bobs up they've got to look at but that's the nature of this social media world and we mentioned it before when you discussed tiktok and the changes to their videos like you yeah. said if you if you'd said that a little while ago people would have said you were wrong so it's moving fast and people have to keep up with that so look a busy week goodness uh, we didn't even touch on uh, some things that are very worthy of um, discussion no, i think we need lots on yeah, lots this week. I think we need a weekend to uh, collect our thoughts and uh, dry out. That That's your plan? Yeah, definitely a dry out there as well. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, best of luck to everyone with the weather. We hope yes. uh, everyone's well and look forward to uh, talking next week. See you then.